seekers, explorers, and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Today we're discussing abundance, and uh, abundance can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, but oftentimes when we hear the word, we immediately think of monetary or materialistic wealth. Another perspective of abundance can be uh, everything that makes your life feel fulfilled is abundance. So love, health, wealth, friendships, relationships in general, uh, purpose, all of these things uh, are uh, contributing towards you feeling abundant. I think a lot of times the danger we run is that we uh, seek abundance and expect it to come from something outside of ourselves, whereas abundance is a feeling and a mindset that is generated from within us. So let's delve deeper into this topic and uh, see what uh, other wisdoms and uh, thought-provoking questions and answers we can uh, come up with uh, during the discussion. Enjoy! Eckhart Tolle, famed, renowned uh, philosopher and uh, self-help guru, I suppose many see him as, wrote in his book, A New Earth, Awakening uh, to Your Life's Purpose. He writes, acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. And the definition when you look up abundance in the dictionary, at least the Oxford one, uh, it says a very large quantity of something, which perhaps isn't so profound, but uh, when we look at abundance in our lives, it's quite a wide spectrum and it can certainly get very metaphysical and philosophical uh, very quickly. So to me, or to a lot of people in the world, you know, abundance means accumulated wealth, material uh, wealth or something along those lines. So from my point of view, the way I look at abundance or have looked at abundance in my life, um, it's been first part of my life, uh, kind of the first 44 years of my life in a way. Um, I saw abundance as, you know, material wealth, like most people do. And it was the pursuit of material wealth that was the purpose in this life. now I view it very differently, and uh, whether you know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows, right? So, is that is it a limit? Uh, is the limitation in in uh, abundance that we see? Because you know we look at rich people and we say, oh, I can never achieve that, or you know, there's only some so much money to go around right Uh, so we look at that so is is the abundance the limitation in abundance is that an illusion because we know that a lot of uh, self-help books a lot of uh, uh, shall we say law of attraction training programs talk a lot about you know manifest your abundance manifest your wealth live the uh, you know wealthy lifestyle that you always desired um there's a lot of these programs going around uh i a few years ago i tried one of them and 
didn't see anything happening out or coming out of it. So for me, it didn't work anyway. So, uh, so the, the question is, is the limitation an illusion or is the, can we experience abundance? Everybody experience abundance in this lifetime or in this, in this reality that we are in currently. Now, we have to kind of look at what is it that is limited to answer that question. So for me, there is limitations in terms of raw material. There is only so much cobalt to be mined in the earth before it either runs out or you know we wreck the ecological and environmental system uh, as we extract uh, you know the the resources from the earth um, whether that being uh, through agriculture or that being you know mining metals or precious metals or diamonds or what have you so there, there's a certain limitation in that now if you take someone like peter diamandis who founded uh the company uh was called uh something resources in a way uh but it's the company the goal is to create these uh rockets and mining equipment that they send up to asteroids and so forth uh to mine them and then send back material to earth because asteroids are very rich in all these different different types of uh metals and minerals and so forth uh, that they can then bring back to earth and that we can use for manufacturing of you know all the material stuff that we want on earth right uh, so there are you know solutions to extending the limit or kind of expanding the the resources uh, as it were but there is still technical limitations to it okay i believe that um limitation is in our mind right and um, i think we have talked about this before and um because in my case i see as i think most of the people and as you said before i thought abundance was having owning things right um and then I realized that that it was a lie, right? Or it is a limited perspective about abundance. And abundance bec became to me the connection with life because <laughs> life is always there. So that connection that makes me makes me feel grateful for all that I can see, not all that I can own or all that I own, but all I can see or can feel or that I can acknowledge around me. Uh, so in terms of that, Jesse, uh, a nihilist would probably say, well, you can't eat, can't eat that. So uh, <laughs> in terms of abundance, you know, they say, we, we obviously have to make sure that we can stay alive in order to experience our abundance. So how would you get around that, uh, that conundrum, Jesse? 
it, yes, that that's um, the thing is that yes, of course, it's not only this uh, beautiful idea, right? But it's, it's as you experience it, you stop feeling fear, and that's what I I experience. I stop feeling fear about things that would create fear, like big fear, like for example. Um, uh, quitting a job, right? Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. I would not be fearful about what was coming, right? Or what I was leaving or that, that fear was so powerful in my life that would limit me every single time and stop me from doing things that I would, that would create, uh, more abundance. So, I think that's the whole point. If you are, if you can get rid of that fear, that that limiting fear, then you're able to get to access to what you really need. And then there is no lacking there on food, on whatever you need, because you are, you are, I don't know how to express it, but is is that sensation of, Yes, I have it already, <laughs> um, but in, in, in not in, in that, because that's the problem with a lot of programs that you were talking about and, and those books that tells you, you know, this beauty thing of like, if you, you, you can see it, you will achieve it. it. It is, there is some truth around it, but sometimes people think it is easy as that. And the thing is that it's, it is according to the process of your, your consciousness, right? It's the process there that it's there that you, as you can see it differently. I don't know if I explain myself. Yeah, no, perfectly well, Jesse. Um, I think if you look at the uh, quotes in the beginning here by Eckhart Tolle, acknowledging the good that you already have in your life is the foundation for all abundance. Uh, and that's exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, it's acknowledging that you all the abundance already exists within you. Um, that's the starting point, right? So the so when we're looking at abundance the ex externally to us, uh, you know, we can look at what what technology can actually bring us in terms of connections, travel. Uh, time, because a lot of the technological advancements that we have uh, have created uh, have created these, um, shall we call them, uh, opportunities for extra time. So, uh, washing machine, uh, central heating, water uh, supply, and so forth. So, if you go to uh, you know, a developing country, for example, where or in Africa, where they have to walk, you know, three miles, five miles, ten miles to fetch water. Uh, whereas you go to New York, you know, comparing in terms of where do you spend your time, the the time spent trying to survive is much less in America in New York. Uh, in terms, there it's more about, you know, 
for a lot of people is about the career. It's about accumulating wealth and creating uh, security and safety and so forth. Still about surviving, but it's directed in a different way, right? So when we look at um, what technology can do for us, you know, you have communication, you have brain power in terms of computers, uh, you know, take the internet, the immense amount, uh, amount of, uh, you know, brain power that we can access on the internet, you know, you don't need to sit down and learn all the information that we used to cram when I was a kid, at least, you know, historic references and all that. It's all good and well that if you have that information, <laughs> that knowledge, and, you know, it becomes a, uh, you have a ready, ready access in your brain, but it, it is accessible to everybody on the internet. Uh, so we, we, I kind of look at that, you've expanded the abundance of your brain power, right? Uh, you know, healing diagnostics, uh, sustenance and so forth. So technologies now, the desalination technologies uh, allow us to um, create fresh water from, uh, from the ocean, right? So that we can uh, have water irrigation systems in Sahara, for example. You don't need to have fresh water available. You can draw it from the ocean. Um, so we can look at those things. Uh, what do you have around you that is abundant? You know, and that could be, you know, anything really. Uh, but externally to you, uh, you know, if I know this movie or this documentary uh, called Michael, where this photographer in Dublin befriends uh, a homeless guy. And, uh, you know, they, over the years, they develop this friendship. They talk and uh, this guy, Michael, he, he says he, he wouldn't want to live in society because, you know, on the street, he feels he's fully uh, fulfilled and free. And, you know, he finds joy and uh, um, abundance where he lives and he doesn't you know it's very simple it's so to him that is happiness that is joy right so it it really becomes down to a point of view and a perspective doesn't it so the the to me i wouldn't want to go and live on the street today because i have two young children and so forth but you know in a different situation that might be okay. So my mindset, if that changes to a situation where, you know, having a backpack and just going traveling, um, that might be okay at some point. Right now it's not, but so it really depends on the mindset one has. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the people that would say that you can't eat abundance, uh, or the mindset of abundance, I've found in a way in my life that when I shifted away from a scarcity, scarcity mentality, the whatever I needed in life in terms of roof over my head, food in my friend or food on my table and so forth would come much easier to me. I didn't have to work so hard for it. And I can't explain exactly how that functions or how that works. But it's allowed me to, this 
taking me away from the constraints of the lack mentality has moved me into a more free-flowing uh, energy that allows me to direct my energy towards something that is going to benefit me that I, I'm going to be able to develop more joy from. So th that's kind of how I look at that. Yeah, and I think it has to do with, you know, thinking that abundance is excess. Excess? 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 So, yeah. yeah. So that idea of if having a lot is, is just, it, it is the problem, right? Because for example, as, as your example, if you're eating something, right, whatever that is, as as you eat it, right, that that's that's the difference. It's the process of living, is the experience of being alive that changes the whole thing. Because if you are in that moment, you're not thinking about what you're going to be eating at night or whatever in the future, you're just experiencing the the whole process and and the grateful. Uh, feeling of eating at that moment because maybe you know it, it, it's going to be different but you don't think about that you're just experiencing that that exact moment and even feeling you know feeling abundance in what you're leaving what you're letting go what it just served a purpose to you that 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 is abundance for me too that that gratitude of letting go whatever you're um you have to let go or something that it might seem that you're losing, but if you let it go, it's just part of the abundance because you are giving it away. You're not losing it, you're giving it away. So I think that that is what helped me a lot when I, I lose things or, or when I think I lose things and I shift that perspective, I said, no, I'm giving it away for someone else, right? Yeah, or just saying, if it is something you lose, that it's okay. Um, just to accept it and uh, accept it as part of your journey, right? Yep. The, uh, yeah, so that kind of goes into the moral implications of manufactured abundance. So, for example, if we look at the development of society over the past couple of hundred years, uh, or even the last hundred years where we've now gone from you know an average life expectancy of 30 or so uh, to well above 70 at least in the uh, industrialized world uh, whether that's good or bad that <laughs> i leave that up to you to decide but if we look at the the kind of hangover of that development it is like you say jesse it's you know, someone who could eat a lot, you know, say a hundred years ago, that was a status symbol. So a person who was overweight, it was a status symbol because that person could obviously eat a lot, right? It could had access to an abundance of food. So therefore, food became a symbol of uh, status and uh, or status and abundance. So. Now, we, you know, 100 years later, we are a lot more uh, health conscious, uh, but we still look at food as a, the abundance of food as a, a status symbol. You know, we look at 
our uh, holidays and festivities, whether they're religious or whatever they are, birthdays, and it's all decadence and all abundance of food. So I'm Swedish and we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. And it is a feast of, you know, it's almost a competition. How many dishes can you have on the proverbial smorgasbord, right? Uh, you know, you're going to have the ham, you're going to have the five types of herring, you're going to have the meatballs, the, the sausages, and three different potatoes and the cabbages. And yeah, it's a big affair, right? Uh, now, that's so you look at that in the olden days when that was like an odd occurrence that you could produce or have that much food. Uh, whereas normally you would, you know, have much less, then you would look at that occurrence with a lot of gratitude, right? Now it's, I feel it's, it's lost that element of it. Um, so the, the moral implications of it, you know, is it, are we disrupting the natural flow or the natural, yeah, the natural flu, flow of uh, how things work in terms of, ecology and environmental uh, protection are we disrupting that uh, trying to artificially manufacture more food than we you know than we actually need uh, whether that you know we look at meat production and so forth um, or is this part of evolution is this part of us waking up to the, the wrongs of this type of abundance and shifting our mind to say, you know what, this is not the abundance I need. I actually need a different type of abundance that Jesse was talking about earlier. So, you know, is there anything that can be viewed as abundant? Uh, you know, if you look at raw materials, as I said before, you know, there is limitation to it. How much, how, many, how much raw material there is on Earth, you know, the fossil fuels and that stuff. If we look at water and sunlight, we're not very likely to run out of that. Um, but at the same time, there, sunlight, there is a, a limited supply of it because at some point the sun is going to, you know, run out of gas to burn itself uh, with. So... Uh, even if we're talking, you know, a billion years from now, uh, but still, you know, <laughs> there is a limitation to it. Um, so in terms of developing technologies and de uh, producing or uh, making computers and so forth that we can uh, do things with, uh, you know, there's, there are limitations, but how much do we actually need? And so we can slow down the rate which we consume, and that will uh, kind of stretch out the abundance uh, of those uh, materials so that we do, it's not something we need to necessarily uh, concern ourselves with at this time. Um, so when we look at the uh, abundance, I kind of view it that we have on one, in one camp, we have the nihilist and on the, in the other camp, we have the theist. Uh, so, you know, the world in its physical form 
is a limita has limitations in terms of resources. Now, if we look at the theist point of view, which is, you know, we're looking at uh, something bigger than ourselves or the multidimensionality of ourselves, the spiritual realm, we have, there are no limitations. The, we are infinite in, in our possibilities and our abilities to manifest exactly whatever we want, right? So when we look at abundance here on earth, I feel it's bringing that, those two in alignment with each other that we can then approach uh, the, uh, uh, the idea of abundance from a different perspective. So, you know, it, it's the old adage in terms of, you know, what you want to achieve, you stepping into your golden avatar here on earth and achieving your purpose and so forth uh, and getting achieving the abundance or feeling of abundance. So when we look at, you know, who's the next Richard Branson, you know, <laughs> in terms of uh, wealth, you know, then if not me, then who, right? Uh, but do we need, really need to be at that level to be successful? Do we need to have, is that really the abundance that we need? Um, so we can look at abundance in terms of love, gratitude, compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, uh, gifts in life in terms of, you know, what can I learn about myself, myself, opportunities, patience, trust, benevolence, infinity. Um, so when we look at, we draw down on the concept of abundance in terms of how we can feel it within ourselves, that's when we can really start to play with it. Uh, so if we look at, uh, for example, feeling rich, as it were, it starts with the gratitude. It starts with feeling grat gratitude and appreciation for what you already have, like Ekotoli said. You know, if we can show gratitude to the electricity that comes through the... Uh, uh, through the network and that you have radiators that work and you have heat in your house, uh, if that is what you have, then show gratitude to that. Show gratitude to the people that deliver that. Well, I know Barbie, you've talked about this before as well, that showing gratitude to everybody who's involved in supporting you in this technologically advanced society that we live in. You know, you have the guy who brings, or the person who brings you the uh, uh, the mail. Uh, so the post, postal services and everybody who works in that, you know, how I can send a package from here to America, right? So everybody who's in that line, showing gratitude for that, showing gratitude for, uh, you know, the person manufacturing the uh, stove where I can cook my food or making sure that I have reasonably clean water in my tap, right? So it's all of these things, even though that if I misuse the running water in the tap, so if I just leave it running all day, that eventually that, or the, the limitation in that resource is going to, become apparent to me if i use it wisely and you know as i always say as individual 
individuals as we show up as role models and we use those resources uh, on an individual basis with care, then you can see that there is abundance there. There is few limitations. Um, it's when we start getting reckless that it's going to start running out a lot quicker than, uh, than we could ever expect, right? So I think a lot of times there are these, you find these quick, uh, get rich quick schemes on, online that are actually uh, acting as a disservice to the understanding of abundance. Um, you know, in terms of wealth, yeah, it might very well be uh, infinite resources out there in terms of wealth, but it, it depends on uh, what, uh, how you define the wealth, right? But I think the mindset of feeling abundant, that's where we want to start out. And that process starts out by feeling, being grateful and showing gra gratitude to all the abundance you already have in your life. So taking that process of establishing a, a, a gratitude process uh, or practice will help you to develop that feeling of abundance, whether you can derive that from just abundance and gratitude or love or compassion, whatever it is, you can then send that out to, uh, to your surroundings and that will then become a, a important part in your development and your evolution. So I wanted to inject some humor in here. So Please apparently start. a day ago, there was a, an article, a squirrel hid 170 pounds 175 pounds of nuts in a Chevy Avalanche pickup while the owner was away. He came back and found out that there were 175 pounds of black walnuts under the hood of his Avalanche in the engine bay. And he said that he could only laugh at the situation as it has occurred in the past. And I think that, you know, I mean, you refer to someone like Eckhart Tolle and some of the other people too, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, of the two, I've, I've met Neil Donald Walsh in person, but it's still, both of them had complete and utter breakdowns. Both of them ended up having psychotic breaks. They ended up on oh, park yes. benches. Yeah. They ended up basically out of their minds as to what was considered. So for a lot of those people, they have a very violent awakening to the point of where it, it's not anything that is, you know, kind of sweetness and light that takes them to that kind of next epiphany. But I think for a lot of people, it's the absence of feast or famine. And I think that what ends up happening is the fact that I think that for people who feel abundant and, and in some ways, I think it's a 21st century kind of issue is the fact that it's the, you know, not, not needing anybody for anything because you have everything that you need because you're completely abundant on your own. And so even like there are a lot of people in the last couple of years of where you know, well, why are you buying so many things? Why do you have so much toilet paper? Why do you have so many paper towels? Why do you have this? And then the pandemic hit and now we have the new pendulum term that's running around. Everybody keeps using the phrase supply chain 24 seven. Now it's like everything you hear about is supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that from that perspective, I think it's the wanting to have that. Even when you have mice that are in the past that they've done little, you know, dropper things of them getting rewards or, or punishments. The mouse just wants to keep getting that little drop of whatever it is that's going to make them happy. That's all they want. Just keep giving me that little drop 
of something that's going to make me happy. But I think that ultimately the lack of abundance is the fact that you never know when it's going to happen. So I just, when I read that story about the squirrel and the 175 pounds of nuts, I bet you that squirrel is going to be super pissed off. Like, (laughs) Hey, what are you doing with my nuts? Where are you going with my nuts? Hey, those are my nuts. I got and got those nuts. And now you're going to go take them. And then even uh, I heard a talk with Christy Marie Sheldon the other day, and she was talking about how there was this woman who was trying to manifest money and her husband was at the junkyard. And apparently there was this giant fat wad of cash. that was stuck in the wheel well of a tire in the front before they were about ready to demolish it. So they had like thousands of dollars of cash. Well, of course it could have been from ill-gotten gains, but it's still to me, abundance is the application of where there is a there isn't feast or famine any longer but it's the like thing that you can start to count on and I think that's the part that's difficult with the human condition is the fact that it's like the baby with the teeth and uh, you know when they're getting that they're happy when they have the the month the food and they're they're just you know nom 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 but then after that then they're crying and crying where's my food where's my food where's my food and then for some children it doesn't come at all so that's where a lot of our issues come from So to me, abundance is you want to have it consistently, but you can pretty much reach for whatever you want. But then, you know, you have extreme experiences like we've had in the last couple of years. So the people who are hoarders or whatever else, it's like in some ways their their ideas that used to be considered crazy are now kind of justified. And for some of those people, they're like, see, this is why I buy a bulk at the warehouse store. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree, and that's a good story about the squirrel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose the, uh, that dude uh, has enough, enough uh, walnuts to sustain him for a while now, um, roasted and ready to go. Uh, the Yeah, and I mean, we can just look at the, quote-unquote, fuel cry or the self-imposed fuel crisis here in the UK. I mean, past two weeks now, it's been very difficult to... Uh, find uh, petrol or diesel anywhere. Um, thankfully, my car was full up before this uh, kind of chaotic attitude towards the, <laughs> the <coughs> fuel supply started. So I haven't had to worry about it too much. But the it's a real problem for those that have long commutes or for the emergency services and stuff like that. It's, and it's all in the minds of people. Someone started saying, oh, or there was some uh, station that was having shortage of, of fuel. And now suddenly the media got hold of it and started drumming up this, the, the uh, scarcity uh, mindset, right? And therefore, suddenly everybody goes out and needs to buy fuel, which spikes the uh, demand, which then the supply can't keep up with because it's outside of the norm, right? So it's like you say, Barbie, it's, it's knowing that it's available, but just because it's available doesn't mean that you need to use it to excess, right? So the, I think... And of course, you know, it's up to everybody to uh, do what they like and do as they please. But knowing that you have access to something could be, that could be part of the freedom to say, you know what, if I want this, I can buy it. You know, I, I don't need to go out and buy a new car, even if I could, or if, not, if I can, but, you know, it's 
I don't need a new car. So therefore, I'm happy to drive around in the car I have. Now, of course, with this, this uh, fuel problem or supply problem that we've had, uh, I think electrical car uh, searches on the internet has gone up by 1,500% or something here in the UK. So we'll probably see a lot of diesel and petrol vehicles on the market soon and a lot of electrical vehicles on the roads. Uh, Barbara, go ahead. I just also, I don't know why, but anytime things are hectic, I always try to go back to humor. But I remember in college, I worked at a drugstore in Newport Beach at Spyglass Hill. And it's a very, very wealthy enclave next to Corona del Mar, the crown jewel of uh, Orange County. A lot of Ferraris and other kind of things in that neighborhood. And I will never forget working Christmas at the drugstore. And you had so many of these dads who, you know, had been out on these vacations and paying for these multi-million dollar mansions that they have but the chatty Kathy doll or whatever was left over in the aisles for their kids for Christmas presents. I watched grown men literally get into knockdown, drag out fights with each other. But like, no, that's my doll. That's my Barbie. No, my daughter needs that. No, no, no. You, you can't take that from me. So it was just like Christmas Eve, you got paid double, but it was like watching this human drama of this, you know, poor dad, you could see it was just been like jerked around every single airport in the entire world. And then he comes back to see his kids. And the next thing you know, it's like, there's no toys on the shelf for them too. So what you're talking about too, is the whole scarcity mentality. And it's always sad because, you know, on one Island, they have all the coconuts and the other Island has all the bananas, but it's like, how did the coconuts get to the Island that has the, ban <laughs> the bananas? I have bananas. You have coconuts. Let's trade our coconuts and our bananas. The problem is I can't get to you. So I'm just going to sit here and figure out other ways to, you know, make grass skirts out of my coconut fibers because that's all I have here is coconut. But you have all the bananas. So let's trade. Yeah. And it's it totally, I, you, some of you might remember in the 80s, the uh, cabbage patch doll craze. Um, and I, I, I have, feel that was kind of the start of this uh, annual cra craze that happened with uh, toys that, you know, the, the toy that everybody had to get for Christmas, right? And, yep. you know, from a commercial point of view, that was very deliberate to drum up this scarcity, right? So when we look at business and the way businesses market themselves, they market themselves as having access to something that is scarce. And a lot of times it comes down to, even if it's not something that is scarce or in big demand, they create the idea that it is. And therefore there is then that rush uh, for the, uh, um, among the consumers to go and get that thing because otherwise they're not gonna be able to have it even if they don't need it. It's because it's scarce. They, it's like the toilet paper during, uh, during the uh, uh, start of the pa pa pandemic, right? Um, and they did a psychological study on that. And it's, it was actually, it's, the, 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 it's that the toilet paper is big and bulky. So it was, you look at the brain, look for the things that are uh, noticeable. And that's what you would grab. So you grab a big bale of toilet paper. Oh, now I'm safe, right? So it, there is a psychological element to that. But yeah, I think it's 
behooves us to look at uh, ourselves and say, okay, well, what's my, my perception of abundance? What, what am I abundant in? And what would I like to be abundant in? And it's bringing that feeling within yourself, then you can manifest that into this reality. So it's the feeling within you that then allows you to manifest that in the uh, reality. So if you, your ideas of abundance is a big, magnificent mansion, um, and perhaps one day you end up being able to afford to buy that, but then once you buy it and you move in, you realize there's a lot of maintenance and upkeep to this house, and that actually then becomes a, uh, a you know, a, weight around your ankle as opposed to something to enjoy so having that mansion was never about having the big mansion it was about having some uh, a home for you to feel comfortable in and you could have done that in a much smaller house jesse go ahead yeah i think that sometimes it's hard to experience abundance because we haven't experienced uh the, the the opposite completely yep. like physically like like extreme hunger mm -hmm. right uh like living uh outside on the street right under a bridge mm -hmm. so those kind of experiences we we have seen them on tv or in real life but we have not experienced it so it's really hard to understand it and I, I I have been uh, visiting, or I have visited uh, some areas here where they they have no no easy access to to you know supermarkets and things like that. So they live on whatever they 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 plant, they grow. And whenever we, as the community, would take food there, they always wanted to share it immediately. They want to create something to share, and. <laughs> It's interesting because even though they might not receive anything for a while, they're not afraid of of giving it away immediately, of sharing it. Yeah. Because they said it's it's going to come anyway, right? Here we have things to share, right? And yeah. and and I I thought that was very powerful because you know you can see sometimes that here, for example, here when we had the earthquake, people were some people were just being crazy and they will steal things from 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 wherever they see it or when they were uh, there were these cars giving away uh food they were just jumping to them and fight for it right and and that that is the the, the fear that was leading them to just do whatever to get whatever they thought they really needed right so that I think that is very powerful. That the 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 ability to even if you are not experiencing extreme hunger, be able to recognize it, right? That it's there, right? Without contemplating at it, not not in you know, oh my God, this is horrible or whatever. It's just to be able to see it with a different um, perspective. Well, of course, uh, and uh, as you mentioned, I think it's. It's amazing these communities that don't have a lot, but they are the most generous because they, it, it is in their nature to share because 
that's how they've been able to survive as a community. So if I'm if I have something today, I will share that because I know that that will help someone that is doesn't have something. And when they have it, they will share it with me when I don't have anything. So it's that idea of, as you say, Jesse, that knowing that it's going to be okay. If I share, it's, it's not like I'm going to not be able to get something. Uh, it's not, you know, I'm not going to be able to eat tomorrow as it were. So it's, it is challenging for the mo modern person to step into that idea of not having access to food or fuel or whatever it is. So it is interesting looking at the pandemic, you know, did the pandemic change the mindset of everybody? No, it didn't. But, you know, we did, exp you know, we go to supermarkets and shelves were utterly empty and you can get what you wanted. You could still get food, but you can get exactly what you wanted, right? So, therefore, it would have been a wonderful opportunity for people to turn around and say, you know what? I probably need to rethink here, you know? Um, so it's, it's that mentality that you were talking about before that allowing us to step into the idea of abundance rather than seeking it from the outside, having the feeling of abundance. You know, I want to feel abundantly safe. I want to feel abundantly secure and, uh, that I don't have to freeze. I don't have to, you know, I can eat and so forth. That doesn't mean I need to go, you know, eat everything I see, you know, it's just, if I can feel my belly, that's fine. You know, beyond that, I don't need to go beyond that as long as I feel satisfied. Right. But that's what ultimately when you're talking about weight, that's what weight is. That's why, you know, we, ha we have different places of weight that are stored specifically as energy for later on. So therefore it's like, if you, if you're a person that has a really, really high metabolism and you digest your food, et cetera. I mean, yes, you're a, a really beautiful fat burning machine, but then it's also, um, you know, I mean, I know it's a morbid joke, but I was just to make a joke with people that, you know, Hey, if I remember, you know, on a car crash or a plane crash in the desert Island, I know I'll make a, you know, a good meal for a few days for some people. So I'll probably be the first one, you know, put up on the spit, but it's still from that perspective, it's still, you know, at least at the end, uh, you still be of service in some way. But, you always um, want to be a show up and be of service, Bobby. I know that. Well, hey, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Alive about yeah. the uh, the whole thing of where they where they had to choose which pieces of the butt they were going to eat up in the uh, frozen uh, Andes up there. So yeah, sometimes people have to make choices, but it's still I think that I just go back for myself in the sense of where again I want the consistency. I want the fact that the insistency of I want consistency of love. I want consistency of abundance. I want to know that basically whatever I reach for in the moment is going to be there as opposed to this feast or famine thing. And I think that it's the feast or famine thing that what Jesse was talking about. I happen to be close to three giant stadiums in the Orange County area and Angel Stadium, Honda Center, the Anaheim Convention Center, Disneyland, a lot of those areas in the last 18 months have probably given away close to 3 million pounds of food. So we've had so many different companies that have come through and done that. But as she was talking about, it ended up being people who, you know, obviously 
either didn't need it or they were kind of bartering it or they're selling it after the fact at a markup. Those are the kind of things where the opportunists coming in, they kind of give a, a bad name to it. But it's also, you know, I always look at what would it take for this to be a, across a consistent basis? So in the past, we used to, you know, load up on sugar and carbs and fat and things like that because we knew that our bodies needed it for energy. But it's still from that perspective, it's like, how do we allow that to be now about consistency and helping out our brother and sisters without having this manufactured scarcity? Because I think that's a lot of what's occurred is that when a, a, a scarcity is, is professed, oh, we don't have enough this. And then everybody goes crazy because they all want that from a supply and demand. I mean, even I know from a fashion perspective, and I know if you know about this, is that you've got the Supreme Thing in New York City and Supreme drops on at midnight with these with these collaborations with really famous designers but the problem is that nowadays people have gamified it too of where they'll just pay people to stand in line for them hey I'll spend I'll you know pay me $200 and I'll wait in line at the Supreme New York City uh, shop and I'll go buy stuff for you and get the receipt that you need for everything but to me there's no fun in that if you're not bargain shopping yourself that doesn't help and there was also another whole thing about bourbon. I'm not a bourbon drinker, but bourbon became a really, really big thing. And especially around prohibition. So you had all these documentaries of people that were going to all these garage sales a hundred years ago, and they would find these, you know, old pappy uh, bourbon bottles that were worth 10, $15,000 in someone's garage that they would sell for a couple of bucks. And then, you know, they would have this beautiful thing. So all the Silicon Valley people are all looking for this old pappy bourbon bottle they're, you know, people are scouring the, the countrysides of Tennessee and Kentucky to look where great grandpa had, you know, a couple of bottles of hooch back in his farm that they ended up finding, you know, so it's the kind of stuff where it creates a market, but then, you know, I know I've tried to donate my clothes out of my abundance and nowadays they won't take clothes because they're afraid that they're infected with the virus. So it's like, you know, and then people will say, oh, don't send me, don't send me clothes, just send me cash. Well, I don't know what you're going to do with that cash, but if I have five blankets, I want to give you five blankets to help out five people with blankets, but I'm not giving you cash because I don't know what you're going to do with it. So that's, that's the tough part too. So I think from that perspective, people kind of also, they, they hold back from giving because now they're told like, Oh, what you're giving, we don't want your old stuff. Now we just want new and we want cash. Yeah. And I, I think that comes down to, you know, what, what do you perceive as being your, your need? Uh, is it that you need the blanket or, or do, you, do you not actually need it, but you, you want to, you know, just create a flow of uh, material, whether that being money or things? Um, so I think a lot of times, you know, if you go to a homeless person on the street and give them a blanket, I'm sure they're not going to say no. Um, if you go to the the uh, middleman as being the char charitable organization, they may th then set standards that the homeless person is going to be like, I don't care. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> give me a blanket. I'm freezing, you know? Um, so I think the, I mean, one of the things I, now I haven't been uh, out in any towns or cities recently, so um, in a long time, but, you know, I, the place I used to work in St. Albans here, uh, there's this guy who used to sit outside the Tesco's where I used to go and buy my lunch. And, you know, every day I was there, I would 
buy him a fruit cup or a salad or something and give it to him. And he was thoroughly uh, grateful for it, even though you know, salad might not have been his favorite, but it was something to uh, f- uh, kind of fill his belly with, right? So the, the, it's, and we look at all these efforts that restaurants are trying to do, you know, they have a lot of leftover food or supermarkets, and then they try to give that to organizations, but they won't take it because they're afraid it's going to go bad. And then they're going to have to deal with disposing of it and stuff. And it's, it becomes this bottleneck, right? So, um, so of course, the direct contribution to the people that need, that are in need of uh, support uh, is actually a very good idea as opposed to going through the uh, middleman as it were. But then, of course, you you go to the ones you see or you go to the ones you resonate with. Um, so it doesn't become a kind of equal uh, footing on that. So there, there are definitely challenges there. But, you know, there is abundance. It's only a question of what we look at uh, look for uh, for to be abundant and just because there is abundance doesn't mean that we need to uh, go to excess so just knowing that there is abundance will then allow us to sit and be comfortable where we're at and be grateful for what we have all right well thank you everybody for joining in today so thank you again showing up and uh, sharing your stories and uh I hope to see you next week. As always, we're not here to change your mind, but uh, at least challenge you to see things out of a different perspective and uh, perhaps uh, find new ways to look at life. So I hope you've uh, gained that from this discussion and episode about abundance. And if you are seeking to shift your mindset and shift your perspective on things and need some uh, coaching and mentoring, to help you do that then uh, please do visit our website thealchemyexperience.co.uk to uh, see what we can do for you and to perhaps schedule a 30 minute uh, free consultation uh, so that we can uh, ascertain whether we are the right place for you to explore these topics that we discuss here uh, these podcasts uh, within yourself so that's it for this time and uh, we look forward to hosting you next time at uh, the Alchemy Experience podcast or perhaps see you in uh, one of our coaching or mentoring workshops. So for now, have a great time and enjoy yourselves and uh, live abundantly. Take care. Bye.